All right, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. As I said, we're closing out this series today. And we're dealing with a subject matter that is essential to understand and practice if we are going to stand firm in our battle. That's the question that we've been answering throughout this entire series the last eight weeks. How do you and I stand firm in the battle that we face, understanding that we have been given everything by God through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit to live and fight from a place of victory in those battles that we encounter And so let me read this entire passage of Scripture, at least for the last time up on this stage as we close out this series. Verse 10 says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as Shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. And in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Here's where we're going to be this morning. Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication, and to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Here's the title of the message this morning, Don't Forget to Pray. Isn't that so easy to do? We'll open up our Bibles, we'll read God's word, we'll go into our day. It won't be lost on us that we're in a spiritual battle. It's not lost on us that that as John 10, 10 says, and we've made reference throughout this series, that the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. 1 Peter 5, 8. Be watchful, be sober-minded, because your adversary, the devil, walks around as a roaring lion, a, a, a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Like none of that's lost on us, but yet for some reason, we forget how important praying is to standing firm in our battle. So here's the idea that I want you to get today. Prayer positions you; it positions me to receive the power to stand in your battle, in my battle. That that's what prayer does. That when Paul mentions the importance of praying, he's not mentioning it as an afterthought. He's connecting it to everything that he's stated up to this point in order to be able to experience the strength of the Lord and the power of his might. But unfortunately, you know how we can approach it? Well, it's that secret weapon. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Oh yeah, Like, I got the belt of truth, and I got the breastplate of righteousness, and the shield of faith. I mean, that was a good one. And the the shoes of peace. 
and, and, and the helmet of salvation, man, that resonated with me. Or last week, the sword of the spirit. I've, always, I've already been, in, been using that card that we handed out and, and I've been struggling with, 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 with some of those things on there and I've been able to read those passages of scripture, maybe even memorize some of them, make myself familiarized with some of them. Johnny, I even bought an actual Bible and started writing in it. Like I ditched the phone and went with an actual, you know, hand copy of the Bible and started writing in it. But let me ask you this. How much time have you spent this week just talking to your Lord? Because it's essential to stand firm in our battle. I have this book here. Uh, it's entitled The Christian Incomplete Armor by William Gennaro. I picked up this book, man, a few years ago. It was written, it was published in 1865. So literally this page is, our book is over a thousand pages on 10 verses. And we did an eight-week series. What's interesting, and by the way, just so you realize this, so this book, uh, you probably can't see it, but it's double-columned. So, so, Crazy, right? And, and I don't want you, lest you think more of me than you should. I am not someone who's like, oh, let me, let me, let me go on my back porch, let me pull my, pour myself a nice drink, and let me just read through this entire document. Sorry, I can't, I gotta be honest, right? We're in church, uh, that, that's not me. Like, like when you read a book that's written in 1860, it's a little bit different today. But here's the reason why I mention this book. Because I have read sections of it as I've been preparing, um, lest you think I'm a total imbecile. But a third of this book is devoted to these three verses that I just read in verse 18, 19, and 20. See, what William Gennarl understood is how important it was in writing a commentary on the armor of God, how essential it was that one remembers how to pray. Because without prayer, we can't tap into the power that this armor provides through the Holy Spirit. It's not enough to say, yep, I believe the Bible, I've got one of those. Not sure where it is right now, but I know I got at least one. It's an app on my phone, not sure how often I open it, but nevertheless, I have one. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, which means I have Christ's righteousness, which means I have an identity in Jesus Christ. I know some passages of scripture. I may even have them memorized. You see where I'm going with this? But without taking time to talk to the Lord. You and I are not gonna be able to stand in our battle. How important is prayer? Well, Paul makes it, the point clear, because the word all is mentioned four times in three verses. Did you notice that when I was reading it? Did you notice that when you were reading it this week in your own time with the Lord? He mentions all four times. He says we should pray on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests, always, finally, for all the saints. So here's what I want to do before we get into something that we normally don't do and frankly should do more of in our services. But I just want to answer this question quickly before we do something a little bit different. I want to answer this. How should we pray? 
And what I'm going to give you are overarching statements. We're going to get specific here in a little bit. But can we just allow this text to actually inform us on how we should pray? Here's the first way we pray. We pray always. What does it say there in verse 18? Praying at all times. Now, can we say what it doesn't mean? It doesn't mean this, that literally you have to be praying every moment that you're awake, like literally thinking about what you're praying. So you're like, well, how does that work? I'm trying to listen to what you're saying, Johnny, and I'm supposed to be praying at the same time? That's not what it means. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 says, pray without ceasing. Here's the idea, that you are in constant communion with the Lord. You know that abide is a big word here at Salem Chapel. The reason why it's a big word is not because it's just something we cooked up in a, in, a, in a think tank somewhere, but because Jesus says, abide in me and I in you, for without me you can do nothing. That's James or John 15, 5. But how do we abide with the Lord? We have to spend time with him. We read his words to us. We talk to him. And so, Praying at all times means is that it's not like, okay, this morning, Lord, I'm coming into thy presence. And then you get done praying and you go on with your day and you never think about the Lord again. It's the idea that you're always in this posture of dependence. Like, and I can have a stressful day, and I'm spending time with the Lord, and I'm telling him that, and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm talking to him, and I'm praying to him. But then as I go out through that day, I may be encountering different things. Something goes well that I was praying about. Something is difficult, and I'm experiencing maybe the stress, maybe some fear in some of that. And so I'm in my mind, I'm like, Lord, I need your help today. It's that constant communion. The idea is, is you never, when you call the Lord, you're never hanging up. That's the idea of praying at all times. Here's the second thing. We need to pray in the Spirit. Isn't that what it says? Praying at all times in the Spirit. We don't think about this often, but prayer involves, according to Scripture, all three persons of the Godhead. We pray to God the Father. Jesus did that when he instructed his disciples to pray. Our Father, we pray to God our Father. He is our heavenly Father through Jesus Christ, which means we also pray, and when we're praying, Jesus Christ is involved. Hebrews talks about how he's our intercessor. I'm still sinful, guess what? So are you. We're all sinful people. God is a holy God and cannot look at sin. So therefore, in my state right now as I live on this earth as a sinful person, the reason why God hears my prayers and I can have a relationship with him and talk with him is because he sees me right now through Jesus Christ and what he's done for me in his perfect life, death, and resurrection. So he sees me as I will be one day. Thank God, not how I was yesterday if you had a bad day. So Jesus Christ is involved in our prayers, and the Holy Spirit is as well. Romans 8, 26 and 27 says that the Holy Spirit prays for us when we don't know what to pray. The Holy Spirit prays God's will for us. In other words, the Holy Spirit almost functions as our interpreter. So when I throw up one of those jack, jacked up selfish prayers that I can be very capable of, the Holy Spirit is turning that into a right type of prayer. And some of us give the Holy Spirit more work than others, right? 
But all three persons of the Godhead are at work when I and you pray. So we pray in the Spirit. We're mindful of that. And then what does he say? He says, with all prayer and supplication. All prayer, which means there's different types of prayer. We pray with all types of prayers. That's what the Lord wants. How do I stand firm in my battle? Man, I gotta be praying. Constant communion. When I say amen, that doesn't mean, God, I'll see you tomorrow. In the spirit, Lord, I understand that the Holy Spirit is praying for me even when I'm overwhelmed, but I'm also praying with all types of prayers, not just about my needs as much as you want to hear those, but I'm also thinking about other types of prayers, general prayers, supplication, my needs, intercession, prayers for other people, and thanksgiving. If I've found in my life one thing, it's how important it is for me to pray prayers of thanksgiving. You know why? Because I like to allow the things that are overwhelming me to cause me to forget about the things that the Lord's already done. But it's the prayers of thanksgiving that give me the faith to pray for the things that I have not seen God intervene yet. One person said this, praise changes things as much as prayer changes things. But what else does Paul say? He says, we need to keep alert. The idea is, is that you are cognizant of the realities. When things are pressing in on you, wait a minute, we better stop right here. And we need to pray. We gotta be alert. But then it says with perseverance. In other words, you don't stop when God doesn't work something out on your timetable. Perseverance doesn't mean, Lord, I'm praying like I'm twisting my daddy's arm and I'm five years old in the Toy Story aisle at Walmart. It's not that idea. But rather it's this, Lord, I'm deeply concerned and burdened about this and cannot rest until you intervene. I love this phrase by an author that wasn't named, but I don't, it's, I'm not going to plagiarize it. It's too good. You would know it came from someone else. It says this, prayer is not getting man's will done in heaven. It's getting God's will done on earth. How should we pray? Always in the spirit with all types of prayer. Call Salem Chapel your home. You know we have one of these abide journals. And in one side, I talked last week about the Bible reading tool. And we have a prayer tool that we put together that's just based off of what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6 when his disciples ask him, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And I want to say this again because it can't be said enough. I want to mention our heart behind these tools that that we've given you, that we talk over, that your kids are taught. Because some of us come from this legalistic background, and so whenever someone says, here's a way to read the Bible, here's a way to pray, all of a sudden we've got PTSD, and rightly so for many reasons, and so we go back to, wait a minute, I gotta do it exactly this way, and if I don't do it this way, then I'm not doing it right. God's not gonna be pleased with me. And that's not our heart at all. Our heart is just to be able to say, hey, if you don't have a way to read God's word, here's a way. 
Because at the end of the day, one of the two most important questions you need to be asking yourself as you abide with Jesus, God, what are you saying and what am I going to do about it? And this tool put together helps you answer those questions. As far as what we're going to walk through right now, it's just a tool to be able to help you know how to pray. You're like, well, Johnny, what if I don't go through uh, all four movements? Did I pray wrong? No, 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 that's not our heart. It's just about having a way to be able to orient your mind to be able to pray just the way Jesus did. And so I thought to myself, man, do I teach through this prayer tool? Is that what we do today? And then I thought to myself, you know what's the best thing that we can do as we close out this series? Talking about the importance of prayer. How about we just do it? How about we just take time and the rest of our time this morning and we just pray? And so that's what we're gonna do. The first movement of this prayer tool is just based off of what Jesus says when he starts off answering that question his disciples ask, Lord, teach us to pray. He says, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed or holy be your name. Our prayer tool says, hey, let's pray upward prayers. What that means is prayers of thankfulness. I don't know about you, but I don't give enough attention to celebration. And this whole series, we have walked through what we have been given through Jesus Christ with the armor of God. And you may have come in these doors and you're overwhelmed by whatever circumstances it may be. But what I've found in my life is that is the perfect opportunity to stop and to start out being thankful. Because when I'm thankful, I remind myself the character of the God who wants to abide with me. So I want us to start off this morning, just as we pray in the rest of our time, and let's take a moment of silence and let's just be thankful. Can we do that? Whether that's what I'm thankful for your word and that it's truth. I'm thankful for your righteousness lived on my behalf and how that motivates me to be righteous. Lord, I'm thankful for your, your peace that you give me that gives me stability in an unstable world. Lord, I'm thankful for my faith, how it shields me. Lord, I'm thankful for my identity in you when my mind is under attack, that helmet of salvation. Lord, I'm thankful for your word and the portions of scripture that have meant so much to me in my life that I can utilize when I'm just feeling like the temptation is running hot in my life. Can we just thank him? Let's do that now.
Father, we thank you that we can talk to you right now. Not because of anything that we have done or can do, but because of Jesus Christ. His life, death, and resurrection for our sins. And as you look down on us as sinful people, you see us through Christ's gift on our behalf. Lord, I thank you for the Holy Spirit who equips us and empowers us to do what we cannot do in our own strength. Lord, I thank you that 2 Peter 1 says you have given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Lord, I thank you that you have brought us from darkness into marvelous light. I thank you for the armor that you have given us to stand firm in our battle. I thank you for the victories that every one of us have experienced in our lives that attest to your faithfulness. So Lord, we want to start off our time this morning in abiding with you right now, talking to you by reminding ourselves of your character. Lord, it is so easy for me to allow the battle to eclipse who I know you to be. So Lord, we want to be thankful. And we thank you, Lord, that we are your children and that we have victory through Jesus Christ. The next movement in our prayer tool is what we call downward prayers. And those are, those are just prayers of submission. If you've used this tool before, you know, I, I know that sometimes this can be the difficult one to understand. Like, what is that getting after? And Jesus says in Matthew 6, 10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What these types of prayers are really about is it's saying, Lord, I want what you want. Can I just be transparent? That's a scary thing to pray, isn't it, sometimes? But I've found that I get nervous praying that because once again, my view of God is off. I'm believing God. If you don't do what I, I know what is better than you do. What I want is better than what you want, which is why we start off being thankful, right? Just saying, Lord, whatever situation, whatever need, whatever, whatever thing that is, that is in my life right now that I'm struggling with, that I'm wanting you to intervene in, before I go in telling you that, Lord, I just want to pray, Lord, I want what you want. Because what you want is your best, and it's my best. So whatever that is right now, let's engage in the battle and let's remind ourselves that prayers of submission are a good thing. Let's go to him right now.
Lord, you know our hearts. You know our weaknesses. Lord, you know that there may be some right now who have been praying for something for a long time, and it's a good thing. And God, you haven't worked it out the way that they desire up to this point. And you know that this is not an easy thing to pray. Because circumstances would easily dictate us to draw the conclusion that what you want isn't as good as what we want. And so, Lord, if there's those in this room right now that are in that place, Lord, would you help their unbelief? And I thank you, Lord, that you don't judge us when we struggle. So, Lord, we pray those prayers of submission. Lord, we want what you want. Help us to have confidence that whether it's wait, whether it's no, whether it's yes, that, Lord, your answer is about fulfilling a purpose that is even bigger than we realize. So, Lord, when we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. Lord, may that be a posture of our heart that is entrusting our desires to a perfect Father who loves us. The next movement is a movement that all of us know because most of us do this and don't really need to be taught to do it. And I don't say that because it's, it's a wrong thing at all, but these are, this next movement is prayers of need. But I think Jesus, even when he lays out just a pattern of prayer, I think he knows our hearts because so often we go to our needs first. And not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but sometimes if you're like me, man, my heart can be so consumed with my needs that I can treat God as though I'm God and he's my servant, which goes back to the importance of just, man, let me orient my heart before I get to this place. So this probably isn't going to be as hard for you to just take to the Lord right now what's pressing on you. Also, part of that is we don't think of it oftentimes in terms of need. It's saying, man, who do I need to forgive? Maybe that's something someone needs from me. Maybe that's something I need from him, from the Lord. And so ever how the Lord is directing you, I encourage you to do that. What I want to make note of, though, in this passage is that Paul says, hey, church at Ephesus, can I ask you something? This is my words now. Can you pray for me? Like Paul asks the church to pray for him. And so I don't think that we need to be short-sighted in thinking that these prayers of need are not just our needs, but they're also needs of our brothers and sisters that we may be aware of who are hurting. People that we know of that don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ that are hurting. Can I also say this, and I don't mean to sound this selfishly in any way, but also it's a great time to pray for your pastors and your leaders of your church. 
Newsflash, it's not easy leading right now. So let's go to the Lord with those needs. Father, I thank you that Jesus says in Matthew 6 and 7 in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, which of your fathers, if their child asked for a fish, would give him a serpent? Or if he asked for bread, would give him a stone? How much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who are his children. And so, Lord, we just want to stop and we want to say and acknowledge that you are a good father. And the ultimate sign of that goodness is Jesus Christ and his life, death, and resurrection for our sins. So, Lord, may that reality that you are good inform us in the things that we've just taken to you that we've laid at your figurative feet. The things that overwhelm us, the things that have us anxious, the things this week that we're not sure how they're going to conclude, work out. Lord, we pray for our brothers and sisters and their needs that we're fully aware of those neighbors down the street from us that don't seem to be followers of Jesus and we know that they're struggling right now. Lord, we lift those up to you. Lord, we lift up the leaders of this church body to you, asking for the wisdom that you promise in James chapter one. Asking for the power that you promise in that passage we read every week in Jude 24 and 25. But Lord, I thank you that we can figuratively sit across the table from you and you literally are saying to us based on Revelation 3.20, what do you need? Tell me about it. I want to hear it. I want to intervene. I want to abide with you. Lord, thank you for that. This last movement that we've come to realize for many of you as we've introduced this prayer tool is one that you oftentimes don't think of when you pray. I like to call them outward prayers. In other words, prayers of protection. 
And the reason why we say prayers of protection is because Jesus closes out his instruction to the disciples on how to pray. He says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. In other words, let's be cognizant and understanding, and hopefully this series has helped, that when we go into our day, we go into a battle. We go facing an enemy that wants to steal, kill, and destroy. That's a lion who wants to devour, as 1 Peter 5, 8 says. And so we pray these prayers to remind ourselves that we cannot stand on our own, but we need the Holy Spirit's power to do so. I think it's so important that this becomes a part of our prayers. And so before we close our time today, let's pray prayers of protection over ourselves if you're married over your spouse, if you have children over your family, if you're in a relationship of some kind over that, whatever it is, over your leadership at your workplace, whatever it is, whatever God lays on your heart, let's pray prayers of protection, understanding what 1 John 4 says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Let's pray that. Lord, I thank you for this time to gather together as followers of Jesus. These times in our week where we can gather together as you've called us to do and encourage one another, rally one another to keep our eyes on you, to remind ourselves of the power of the Holy Spirit that we have. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is the same power that lives in every one of his children. And so, Lord, we pray that protection over every man, every woman, every child in this place and watching online. That, Lord, if you give us tomorrow to go into, that, Lord, you would protect us against the schemes of the enemy. And may we walk into those days with confidence, not in our own strength, but in the protection you provide as children of God. Lord, I thank you for this idea today that our prayer positions us to receive the power to stand firm in our battle. Thank you for this time to be able to talk with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with us this morning as we close with this song?